Welcome back to the Cinema Snarks podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Leela. I'm Ren. <laughs> and today we are going to tell you how we really feel about Hocus Pocus 2 and Werewolf by Night. Not to mention some of our personal favorite picks for Halloween films. So as you can see, Ren is back. She is now a mother, which is a new a new <laughs> development since our last episode. Post baby. Yep, the baby's <laughs> out. I'm dressed as Leela from Futurama, and the baby has a Nibbler costume. It's pretty adorable. Perfect, Nibbler. And I'm rocking baddies, uh, baddie females of Disney, because I thought it fit the Hocus Pocus part of the theme. Well, Disney Plus is absolutely trying to push all of their villain movies <laughs> as Halloween movies. All of the fierce, the fierce ladies of Disney that we all love and adore. I, I think we can get into it. I think maybe the only one I might qualify as a Halloween movie, I might say Maleficent. But the first one. Because she's got horns. But honestly, I don't she really think I mean, fairy tales. Just... She's a great, she's a great costume at least. At least Maleficent has like transformed sure. into a, a staple costume. I mean, you know, the other sure. ones do as well to a point. But I, I think it stretches a lot to like <laughs> do movies with good costumes as like Halloween movies. So we'll get into our uh, explanations <laughs> of what we think qualifies as like a Halloween movie. But we wanted to start with Hocus Pocus, which Hocus Pocus, the original, is one of the top Halloween movies, I think, that has ever been made, personally. Disney agrees with you because they make sure you have a million and one chances to watch it in case you just have cable television. Um, and they have plastered it all over their site uh, with this mm -hmm. sequel as well. But the fun fact with Hocus Pocus is that it was uh, not quite a flop, but it did not do very well upon its initial release. People were kind of like, okay, whatever. And it's only due to the reruns on television and the home media sales. It's one of those like cult films that just got yeah. a completely new life once it was released to home. Video. I gotta say, also the Bette Midlerness of it sort of lends it to that cult <laughs> sort of thing. She she just has her own following, yeah. and if you care about Bette Midler, you're gonna tell everyone to watch this. But yeah, I mean, I think I remember from my childhood just it being on the Disney Channel all the time, and. I, we had a, I did a, a Hocus Pocus watch party and we had one of our friends come that had never seen the original oh. Hocus Pocus. We were all living for the whole film. It was incredible. And then we asked him how he felt about it. He was like, ah, you know, it's fine. I was like, yeah, you probably need a little bit of that nostalgia factor. It's to like one of those 90s films it. that I think benefits from the nostalgia factor. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I, and that's my thing i don't know we might not feel the same way at all about this we have not talked about either project we're going to talk about tonight so i don't know how ren feels but i feel like the same thing applies for both films is you also have to kind of know what you're walking into if you walk into hocus pocus the first film expecting you know this really polished this like you know 2022 visual standard really intricate script if you're expecting what do they call it elevated horror type of vibes you're gonna be <laughs> let down by hocus pocus that is right. not what it is it is like a camp class look the gays yeah. they pay homage to the gays in the sequel the gays love hocus pocus one for bet midler, Bette midler. <laughs> two because it's campy females just living on screen yes. having fun over the top ridiculous and it's mm -hmm. glorious that amazing dance and song number i still mm -hmm. argue 
I Put a Spell on You is one of the best like musical numbers in a non-musical film. Yeah. I love it And so you know much. what? You can't find it on Spotify, which is infuriating. They did not release it as like a single. It's infuriating. It's easily the best version of that song. It's There's a lot of people in the world that would be very upset about that, but they're wrong. <laughs> they're wrong. So it was interesting that we've had a another kind of resurgence over the past several years, at least, I'd say probably the last decade of really uh, preying on us specifically. Early 30s. I feel preyed upon parents, as a millennial. Millennials, like where we now have kids at our age demographic, we're older, we have the money power to, to buy things. And mm -hmm. we're, mm -hmm. we're, we're a very nostalgic, heavy generation. Yeah. Uh, we were Funko Pops are like built on us. Uh, it is kind of fun, right? Because most of our lives, everything was geared towards our parents. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of fun to now be the, the people that that the money makers want to make money off of. And the way they've done this, Disney in particular, uh, to, to varying, varying degrees of success has really leaned into this because they know we're the ones who grew up on their best films. Let's just, I'm going to just say it now. We got their best movies in our childhood, the also, Renaissance era. Period. Let's be real. Disney has never at any point in its existence been like top tier originality. That's not really their vibe. <laughs> their brand is nostalgia. I like that's the other thing. Nostalgia. People, people just kind of, I don't know, they get mad at Disney. It's like, I, I don't, I feel like they've never really tried to disguise what their brand is. It's all mm -hmm. about your childhood. Their parks are nostalgia. Everything, everything about their brand is about nostalgia. And that's <laughs> maybe part of why Hocus Pocus didn't do super well initially yeah. is that it doesn't have any nostalgia to draw on. It actually really was a very original yeah. film. But we've gotten a lot of these long delayed sequels from Zoolander and Dumb and Dumber uh, getting another film. Oh my to God. Everything. Like they could just, what did we just get? Uh, Ted, Bill and Ted got another sequel. So there's just been so many sequels aimed directly at this like subset of yeah. people. And now we get Hocus Pocus. We're the group who made this the cult classic that it is, the success that it is. And all of these years later, damn near what, 30 years later almost, they yeah. release the sequel. And they got the original women all back, which, which is an incredible feat. One I was most concerned they couldn't would have been Sarah Jessica, uh, just because I didn't know this doesn't fit her 2022 brand as much. Um, yeah. But she was back and I have to say she looked like she was having a lot of fun. I think she really enjoyed doing this. Um, and I don't know. How do you feel about it, Ren? We have a Hocus Pocus 2 set in 2022. So I feel like a lot of I feel like. Too much of the budget ended up going into paying for these now very expensive actors instead of into paying for a good screenwriter or good special effects or a good editor or any of the things that would have made this film good at all. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> you know, you know what? No. I did like the first little section with that little kid Winifred, the little kids who played her sister, that girl killed it she was so good that, that young was, that's the best impression of bette uh, midler ever amazing she was yeah. so damn good um <laughs> i also loved i wish we got more of her i loved hannah waddingham's little like cameo in this movie when she comes down as this like super she's beautiful yeah she's incredible movie. but then we don't ever see her again like they homage her at the very end of the film but i was like yeah we got her so, in here for that 
So I think my big issue with this film is that what's fun about the original Hocus Pocus is that they are these cartoon fucking villains. Like they are bumbling idiot villains. And that's what makes them fun and makes you root for the good guys and also enjoy watching them be villains. And then in this film, they tried to humanize them and you can't humanize witches who want to murder children so they can stay young. You can't. That's a ridiculous <laughs> plot to try and like sell to me. I, I would I have rather they just did the same thing all over again. I don't think they tried to humanize them too much until the end. I think the end is where they laid on the humanization when she loses her sister. That was like the sisterly love message but i thought they did it late enough in the movie the rest of it i mean they're still trying to kill these kids they're still running around i, I don't also know dumb. the main characters that they focused on yeah, this time were, were are not we're not nearly as good or fleshed That's out the main as, issue i have yeah i mean so in the original hocus pocus you've got max who's this like flawed teenager right he's a little bit of a shit he really loves his sister and he like grows over the course of the film and same thing with like the little sister. She's kind of an annoying little brat of a sister, but like they have this, this connection between them, the brother sister thing that you can really identify with and you can um, follow along with in the story to root for these characters. Whereas like, I didn't give a shit about either of these girls. Like they were kind <laughs> of bitchy, to be honest. They were just mean. And there was like this whole thing with the, the, the and then her the boyfriend. doofy jock uh, boyfriend who he was harmless and they tried to make him out to be some sort of a bully but he was genuinely like he didn't he did it's hard <laughs> to like I understand he's a bit of a doofus and that like he was he wasn't really making fun of them for being weird like I didn't really see that and she also like retaliates and like gets him in trouble and teases him and acts does like witchy things and I, <laughs> I, she's antagonizing him so it's not like I, I just don't feel like any of that was earned and and also there's a problem with the fact that he was probably one of the most likable characters of all of them right the girls themselves weren't likable but the like doofy white guy jock was actually like really funny right like that was one of the funniest lines was like sorry I'm late I had a second breakfast <laughs> I just funny. I think I'm one of the only people who had some fun with this. I don't know. I thought it was all right. I don't it's certainly not again. I went in expecting kind of a schlocky thing and it's what I got. I I mean there, there's no getting around. This was a sound stage to the max. Um yeah. like it did not feel like a real village. It did not feel like a real place. When they went yeah. into that forest and had that stupid moon backdrop, I was like, oh, my. Uh... Yeah, it, it's especially oh. hard to watch them back to back because the first movie does such a good job of that yeah. Salem, small town, Halloween night setting. And then, like, you literally go from that very cool graveyard with the trees and all the old headstones to this weird graveyard that they used for this film that was just like you can see like buildings and stuff in the background like it just doesn't have it's clearly not the same graveyard from the original film but it's supposed to be also the weird kid 
from the original film that grows up to own a magic shop and wants to unleash the Sanderson stupid side story. (laughs) And that's what brings them back is that he tricks these girls into lighting a candle to revive them. Such a strange... I would have... Okay, so I would have much preferred if it was like literally just an evil witch or an evil evil black dude even that would have been fine if he was just evil and he was then like he regret it because he's like they're misunderstood they're icons yes and like <laughs> and then they yeah, start trying to I kill think... people and he's like oh my bad never mind um yeah oh okay the, yeah it would have been much more fun if you just added a new evil witch to the to the like a modern witch that's like evil but like yeah. you could have played with that too like that could have that could have been like a like 2022 evil and that, even, that's like I mean, too honestly, much for like 17th century evil witches <laughs> Even that, if you wanted to do an accident, make the girls. Like, they're already experimenting in witchy stuff. Yeah. Make them be like, we want to bring them back. Uh, yeah. You know, like something. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, it's supposed to be like, oh, the book just showed me how to make a black, another black thing candle. It's the rendered fat of a hanged man. So, like, that's not, like, innocent. Like, he had to track down a fucking corpse, render it down. <laughs> like that's the thing the original one was dark and I think this is something that I saw some other kind of people point out is that like this is where I think Disney really missed the mark on us as a generation is that when we were kids the Halloween movies you weren't afraid for them to actually be kind of scary like Gremlins is kind of scary Ernest uh Ernest Hollow uh what is it Ernest goes to Hollow something whatever yeah the Ernest Halloween movie is like scary I'm like before Focus Focus is like scary. They want to murder these children. And this, the it doesn't feel scary at all. It's just I am glad we kind of did away with that virginity plot, though. Like more or less. They bring it up, but <laughs> that I is like, one okay, of the things in the original that, that really doesn't age plot. well. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I glad really we didn't recreate run. that. That was another thing, re- like rewatching it again as an adult. The original Hocus Pocus is super horny. Like the, the youngest <laughs> sister is super horny all the time. Like everybody's hitting on the sisters. There's the whole thing with the like the devil and and, the, and they really harp on this whole like version thing. Yeah. He talks about how, she talks about how her brother likes the girl's yabos <laughs> and like. It's very, very horny. And there's no horniness in this new one at there's all, not, which I think is not. fine. Yeah, it's it's fine. fine to cut out the horniness. I well, think maybe fine to SJP's the- character should have been a little bit more horny. Like they, yeah, they agree just the touch, of- but they should have done that it. was part of the fundamental thing of it. I also didn't really kind of, I didn't really like the like retcon of, of, um, uh, oh God. Bones. What's his name? The- oh yeah. His story. Yeah, the the boyfriend, yeah. the ex boyfriend that they bring to life, and his and that like his character is fun because he's scary for the first part. Yeah. He is a zombie that they raise from the dead that ends up chasing them around for a while until they figure out that he is actually hates yeah. the witches too. <laughs> so like bringing him back is kind of like already boring because you know he's not threatening. People, yeah, and then there's this whole thing where he is like, I kissed her once. Why? Well, she spoiled my 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 legacy yeah. she spoiled my good name and it's like oh god what are we watching this is not <laughs> the crucible man like calm down what is like it just it felt and it was like you know that movie was an hour and a half and that still felt like a completely extraneous plot line the whole like it it I think they filmed it during the pandemic and it was also really clear that they filmed it during the pandemic yeah. because everything was so disjointed like 
they're running around getting all of the like ingredients and then the sisters are running around trying to find the mayor which actually i would say he's an, that was another highlight of the film was uh tony hale um and he usually he's playing himself but he's uh, uh, lovable and wonderful listen and i was cheering for him to get that damn apple yes <laughs> and that, and everyone was all about that apple but then the whole apple thing kind of fell apart at the end too it was like oh okay this uh, had no payoff <laughs> bummer i think what i had i thought uh, look i came back for the sisters and i thought the sisters were fun and that's ultimately where i was like i said i think the three actresses had a good time filming this i think it was pretty apparent they were just there to to have sure. fun once more I do um, think, um it's kind of irresponsible for them to film this this movie 30 years later and not talk about the fact that these women who are seeking to be young have aged 30 years since the last time we saw them. <laughs> like they could have talked about it. They should have talked about it. Like, right. are we afraid to offend <laughs> Bette Midler and point out the fact that she looks <laughs> older than she did 30 years ago? Yes. And because they easily could have been like, it could have been anything. It could have been like, oh no, those years in hell have not been good to us. We really need, now we really need to get our, uh, youth serum back that sort of thing <laughs> i think there was like too much time spent in the walgreens right it was like, like well those... the walgreens plot was very strange yeah also it, having... like, it would have been fun for... and that was part that was part of what was great about it's like they understood a little bit about what made the original hocus pocus good but mm -hmm. not the right parts like we didn't quite like it i don't know who wrote the script i don't know who was in charge but it was not a millennial or somebody who loved Hocus Pocus because they did not put together something that I felt was a reasonable homage to like what made it good, right? Like then they, I did a whole thing about Space Jam and I yeah. liked my nostalgia buttons to be pressed. Yeah. And so I didn't mind Space Jam. Mm -hmm. Space Jam wasn't a good film in the first place. Yeah. And so the sequel knew what it was. It was like, we're just going to be a nostalgia like machine yeah. we're just gonna like pull out all these properties that we have that people like we're gonna like throw them on the screen and people are gonna enjoy them and that was fine that was good i didn't need a whole thing but i think i expected more from hocus pocus i guess um i think it, just the fact based on the fact that they got the original three yeah. actresses i was expecting better if it had been not them if it was like you know i then i would have expected a typical disney, disney sequel. sequel quality <laughs> <laughs> the general disney sequelitis um yes yeah um, no how'd you feel about the two musical numbers we got ran i don't think they were <laughs> again i think that there is a mistake they should have known that people would watch the original one and then the new one back to back and maybe I wouldn't have disliked the second one as much if I hadn't just watched the original, but like having just seen that incredible scene, it just is not as good. And it's, I don't think you need more. Okay, first of all, the 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 first song when they first appear is like, oh no, why? What are they doing? That was like <laughs> the first moment that I was like, mm, no. <laughs> I did love though when the girls like, who's they performing for? And, and she pops up as you, and it just is like. Oh. Daenerys is coming for you. Daenerys is mad. She's like, what is going on here? <laughs> but yeah, so I thought that moment was funny. Yeah, uh, the second one like, was okay. Again, it's, just, it's like it, it was an exact copy of the first one and not as good. That was the problem with that yeah. the actual one. There was, yeah, and there was a lot of them just like doing jokes from the original one again. And like it the jokes aren't as funny out of the context of the original film. 
And they were just repeated just to be repeated. And they didn't like find a new home in a better joke, find a new home in a better, in a, in a different plot, in a different situation. So you weren't, you didn't like the, the Sanderson uh, costume contest, Ren? Not really. With, like Ginger Minj up there. <laughs> Not and then, really. And I love me some drag And then Bette Midler Let's grabbing see. that crown saying, nobody likes I... you. Get out of here. Uh, I mean, I lived. Like... <laughs> Or throwing shit at the dead. I live. But <laughs> I, 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 some people didn't like that. I liked the second song. I was okay with that. It would have been better, I think, if it was that. That I would have taken as like, oh, homage to the first one. It's yeah. like, I don't know. I just, I felt like it was a lot of badly done homage and like not a well done. It wouldn't, it's not well done on its own. Like oh. the plot doesn't work well and sit well on its own. So it's just like a bad vehicle for nostalgia that isn't like, it, it's not good enough. Right. We I need, need a get, little bit more. We need to get Kathy Najimi a good comedic script again. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's been a while for her because um, she's so good and I just need need her to get to show off what a great comedic talent she is again because uh, she was definitely sidelined in this one I feel like more than the original even um, yeah yeah and again so with I mean so even with Sarah like Sarah SJP uh, she was kind of just there I mean she, they weren't huge parts of, I mean that what Winifred was obviously the main attraction still but yeah, but they were they incredible were more. yeah sidekicks like they were they were punch their punchlines were incredible right yeah. like they were a perfect foil yeah. for Bette Midler like everything that they said right amok 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 is like <laughs> legend and it's so dumb it's so stupid on its own doesn't yeah. mean anything but yeah. like in that context is so good oh that was another thing i didn't like so like in the original there's a little bit of this i actually realized this on pond watching again they are the three stooges like that is their yeah. vibe they're the three stooges and so it's fun to watch them from that like whack to the like oh that, there's like that yeah. um that comedic um slapstick that's yeah. really fun but then in this new one at one point she slapped her like really hard across the face and it was like oh that's not funny that one was too hard <laughs> like slapstick has to have has to be in her well done otherwise it just goes oh <laughs> abusing her sisters yeah that was like oh that's really like that's too much like a like a hit to the gut where it like knocks out your wind <laughs> that's funny a slap hard across the face for like not really doing anything that bad is like oh that's just really like abusive <laughs> I'm like, yeah. okay. And then they also, it's just like, it also didn't have like a good through line, right? So at the very end, sorry to spoil it for everyone, at the very end of Focus Focus 2, the whole thing is that she's like, oh, my sisters, I love them so much. And they are, they're everything. I'll give up everything for my sisters. And then at the end of the original Hocus Pocus, for the whole movie, it's very clear that Winifred hates her fucking sisters. She says multiple times, you are my curse. And at the end, that's one of the whole points of the dynamic of like Max and his sister versus Winifred and hers. At the end, she says, you are a fool to sacrifice thyself for thy sister. What? Like, <laughs> unless we were going to like go back, right? It would have been so much better if we at least had like, 
I, it would have been fun to have Thora Birch there or Zach or any of the kids yeah. like grown up. It, so it just didn't, it, it really just, the characters themselves didn't feel consistent to me at all. And like, that's one of the things that is the biggest bummer about it is that I think that that movie, I might have cared less about the like very poorly written plot line and the like kind of lame main characters, human characters that I didn't care about. But like, I don't even know what they did the whole movie. If you ask me right now, I don't know what they did. She I, became I, a witch. <laughs> <laughs> So dumb. In this universe, the witches are evil. In this, in this universe, witches are well, evil. They're and I don't need it. you to retcon like she, that Like for she me. says, like the little girl tells the guy. Oh yeah, I'm sure that's just another old myth to keep powerful women down or whatever the hell. She gives us like a throwaway line to him about virgins, and she's like, "That was just another bullshit line to keep." Listen, women in line. I'm a very witchy person. <laughs> I'm all about it. I'll cast a spell here and there. I, I'm for it. <laughs> Not in this universe. <laughs> They're evil witches. They choose evil. The book is evil. The book in the original book, they literally book is also the original humanized movie, here. <laughs> the book was a gift from Satan himself to her, right? She there's a whole thing in the original movie where she shows up at a guy who she thinks is Satan's house, and she's like, Master Satan, right? Like, this is a woman who has sold her soul the devil she's made the and choice on that too because it's a witch it's the witch yeah. in this film hannah waddington waddington who hands yes. over the book and i am not okay with the nostalgia machines retconning the superior original <laughs> property that they are trying to milk so guess, for money can we talk about it so we talked a little bit about bad in my shirt uh and how they're trying to really push that but that's the problem is that they're really focusing right now. Disney at large has a big problem. One with their live action remakes at large, um, kind of all being highly inferior to the animated films in which they're recreating. But two, they're doing a lot of villain stories. They're really trying to do this whole female villain specifically. They, have it, they don't delve into the male villains because they're not as good in Disney. The female villains are where it's at. We all know this. But... I think you could actually get a pretty sick scar film yeah, I mean, going. Of course, but not live action. Go back to anime. I no, don't no, want to no. see that. I mean, I will. I don't. I guess scar's not going to be in it. But you know, we're getting a sequel to that, right, Ren? We're getting a, a Lion King too. The live action one. Uh, the live action. Why did uh, they? Just, I guess they really they made one pack six billion dollars. <laughs> they made a ton of money. <laughs> unfortunately uh, i mean yeah um, you can't stop them listen stop if them, you but... all would just stop going to see bad movies we wouldn't have as many bad movies but yeah we've... so maleficent truella <laughs> hocus pocus 2 a big problem is the humanization of these characters maleficent is an evil witch she is the manifestation of evil and so yeah. <laughs> when you make a movie focused on maleficent and you turn her into Aurora's fairy godmother who actually starts looking after her and protecting her. <laughs> um, we're no longer talking about Maleficent. Like this is a new character. It's a completely different character than yes. what we saw. Uh, same thing. I mean, it was an origin, so they might change it. Fabulous costumes and all. Uh, when you have Cruella DeVille and you make her likable and she has these dogs running around her and she has a dog herself um right she wanted to she, murder puppies let's be clear and she her goal was, was to like, give me general dalmatians i want their fur she was like no puppies. i need the soft fur from the puppies 
Yeah, when she sees doll, little puppies and is like, there are a hundred of them because she needs a hundred puppies <laughs> to kill make her to coat. make her coat. Uh, and you start humanizing this puppy killer woman. Uh, it's it's like, okay, the movie was fine. I no. actually don't dislike Cruella. Yeah, that I liked Cruella as its own film. When you disconnect it from 101 yeah. Dalmatians. And yeah. that's their problem is like these, they keep trying to like, we want to be a little bit darker because the Disney goes dark, but they're afraid to go dark. Like they're afraid to actually yeah. do it. And so we're left with these like really watered down versions. And you know, of actually one of the only ones that I think you could legitimately create like a, a good villain story around is Ursula because Ursula doesn't actually kill anyone. That's not her game. She's just looking for power. And so her story, you actually could pretty easily sort of tell it from her side and make it make her, you know, make her seem like she's not the villain. And the king is an ass. And the so king is a fucking asshole will in very the movie. easily be turned into the villain of her film. Like it, yeah. it's not a it's literally right no. there in the original film. He's borderline the villain of the little mermaid itself. So it's just I don't think that there are you know it's the difference between the olden days when people would write a script and then they'd bring it around and they'd hand it around and be like I wrote this story. Listen, it's a good fucking story and we should make it into a movie. Now it's we want to make a story about this thing. You now write it, right? Like and the it, thing is, I think Disney, maybe they listen to too many of those college courses because there's been so many college courses about Disney and feminism and Disney and this and that. And I think maybe these writers that are now working at Disney took one too many of those classes because they're really ashamed of the films that they're paying homage to. They're really ashamed yeah. of the characters that they're supposed to be recreating. So instead of like finding the positives in those characters um they like insult them even in the marketing they're like oh cinderella ha please she had no redeeming qualities we need to make her a feminist icon it's like cinderella had a lot of redeeming qualities as a person in that old film so yeah. you just need to maybe tweak a thing snow white as well a lot of great qualities as a human you just tweak one or two small things <laughs> and you're good like i don't understand we'll see what they do with ariel because that's a, that's a character you could speak a lot, in my opinion, because I think she's a little brat. Uh, but she's probably one of the worst of the princesses. Also, Ursula, I mean, the other ones are just film, like you could just make her dumb. Be like, what did I do wrong? She's the idiot who signed the contract. Like, but anyway, sorry, we've fallen off of the track we of have. our Halloween hocus pocus Hi. conversation. But the this point film is that you. The... even to book, even book was made to be the good guy. He was like a foil yes. to the Sanderson's doing evil. Was yeah. book from the devil? Which is, I'm pretty sure that the front of the book is supposed to be like human skin. That's another thing. Like, yeah. It was dark. The original one was dark and scary. And like, I think, I think that's what I think is a, a problem is that one of the things that our generation really enjoys is a level of darkness, right? Like the things that we love are like the labyrinth, which is super dark, right? Like all of these properties that we're all a little crazy about. We love Rocky being traumatized. Right? Like we the, loved it. We lived for it's probably why we all are in therapy because <laughs> as children think, we loved being traumatized i think it, we weren't traumatized i think before we had therapy it was one of the things that helped us like understand that the world is not always perfectly wonderful and and beautiful that sometimes 
there are villains and there's just evil people out there. I think that's the thing to kind of like that maybe Disney is starting to miss is that like sometimes your your villains can just be evil. And sometimes there's nothing wrong with a just evil villain. They're fun. That's what was fun about the Sanderson sisters. They're just evil. They're just fun and evil. They don't need a redeeming quality. And that would have made, I think if we had, they had embraced that they're just fun and evil and rolled with it, it would have been a better film. I don't know. And there was a lot of problems with it. I don't know. The plot was like lame and long and the characters (laughs) didn't develop and weren't friendly. And they don't have more fun on this one than Ren did, but. (laughs) I'm just like, well, like, what is it? What, what is the personality of the main girl? She's just like grumpy goth chick. (laughs) She just, like, doesn't have much of a, like, identity. <laughs> and the whole thing with her friends, like, it turns out they're both, it turns out that they're both kind of assholes, right? Like, she's like, no, I'm not going to invite her to come to do our annual birthday thing. Like, she basically, instead of having it's a conversation like an adult, <laughs> or like, I don't know. teenage high school bull crap. I guess I didn't care because I feel like they do that kind of crap in high school like one person gets a little boyfriend and they do start ignoring their friends so then those other friends start being like nah we don't want to talk to them and then you're like okay yes but like I think what happens in high school Ren not a 33 34 year old woman with a baby come on Well, maybe, okay, I mean, you know, I think this is probably the the big point of, like, where they missed. If it was supposed to be a nostalgia movie that was targeting us, they should have targeted us. We should have just brought It's clearly targeting their, like, preteen demographic, which doesn't make sense to me. I know that the characters, the actors were available. I know Thora Birch was like, yeah, I was kind of sad I didn't get a call. Um, Why? Why? If you're going to do a nostalgia piece, go full out and bring back the the leads to at least make it their kids or something like yeah. i don't know uh, yes, that would have been fun that would have made a lot of sense but so disney plus right so you're... what who else would they want to murder more than the children of the children that killed yes. them so that way yeah have an evil witchy girl bring them back because she yep. wants she wants she, maybe she hates those kids over there and she for some reason or you know whatever but yeah <laughs> It would make uh, there's more plenty sense than for modern magic. teenagers to fear in evil, uh, bitter, angry s- classmates of theirs. There's plenty of terror inside the hearts of some teenagers here in 2022. Oh, we don't need to avoid it completely. Well, then, to coincide a little bit later, Marvel would not be outdone and also decided to release a Halloween special, the first of its kind from Marvel Studios, Werewolf by Night, a MCU special presentation that went straight to Disney+. Plus. It was like a 50-minute uh, special on Disney+, Plus, starring our beloved here on the podcast, Daryl Garcia Bernal. I love him. <laughs> We are. We were sad watching old because we love him so much, and we hated everything in there. So <laughs> I love Gael Garcia Bernal forever. Uh, yeah, no, no fault to you. I don't blame you. You could do no he wrong. He probably but... do a lot of terrible movies. I'll still watch because he's so damn adorable. So he gets his shot at Marvel. He's he's joining, you know, the likes of Oscar Isaac and Diego Luna in the Marvel, the Star Wars universe. So we're we're getting all of our main guys here, all of our Latino kings over here under the Disney umbrella now. <laughs> um, 
this is a property I had no idea about. I was, nope. I didn't know anything about these characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe at all. So nope. I went in pretty much blind other than it was him and it was a werewolf story. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, like, actually actively reads Marvel comics and he also had never heard of this. So this yeah. is a pretty fairly obscure piece of Marvel story. Yeah. Well, I have to say I loved this. So. I loved it. Oh, okay, yay. <laughs> We're, good. We're on the same page this time around. Now, this is a great piece of just like homage filmmaking. It's yes. an, a direct homage to the old Universal Monster movie. Black and white. Uh, yeah. That, oh, God. What's her name? The woman who plays the stepmom just camping it to the max. Was yes. everything. She was everything to me. Um, yes. She's an I actress that the... I like know her face, but it's Harriet Sampson uh, Harris. Yeah, and she, she often a plays a like off kilter yes. <laughs> older woman. <laughs> she was so Killed good. that role. The, like the close ups they do on her face. She's like doing these dramatic that great. The whole thing was oh, scary. So yeah. How do you feel about Michael Giacchino, the composer, kind of making his directorial debut, the musical oh, composer? Oh, I loved it. I thought a lot the music was incredible. But, you know, I'm the sound designer nerd, yeah. and I just enjoyed the whole thing. I love the, like, the, the phonograph in the maze. I loved just the little bits of music that came and went. I, yeah, it, I, now that you told me it's a composer who directed it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, um, he definitely had like a little bit of an emphasis and a really, I thought the cinematography was really well done too, because there's yes. always a thing with black and white. It can go wrong. Like you, you think it's easy, but to actually film something that looks like it has this much depth um, is, is more difficult, I think, than a lot of people imagine to, to get the black and white photography to actually look good. And this being so stylized, I love when we had the like, little spots in the film um mm -hmm. like in the yes! corners the black <laughs> i lived yep um, little, like change the reel yeah yes i, like, I oh, thought the yes, photography was fantastic the yep. visuals were just campy enough i'm oh can i tell you how happy i am that they went practical effects on the werewolf like yes. marvel gets so red for doing you that know suit good werewolf yeah they make these suits and i think we all were a little nervous that they were going to go full cgi for the werewolf because they usually do for those mm -hmm. things no they went like yeah. for a makeup and oh and it looked so cool and it, it did it looked really good i think it's one of the best versions of a werewolf I've, i just watched an american werewolf in london and i think you know american werewolf in london is just like a little dated right it's just yeah. older the transformations technology. are still cool in that one though like the but like, yeah but no Oh, there's oh. a, I mean, and that, that's legend right there. Yeah. But like, I think this was one of the best werewolves I've ever seen. It's and they get around the crap it in such a cool it. way. Like, so, you know, they're like, okay, we're not going to show his transformation per se, but yeah. I love what they did. They like the zoom in on her as she's like watching his transformation and you see the shadow behind her. It was such an amazing shot. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. I also loved his friend, Bob. Was it Bob? Yes, um, I think so. Was it? It was just a really Ted? mundane name. Tam, Tam. Ted. Ted. It, it was, was Ted. Ted. It was Ted. Thank you. I loved Ted. <laughs> yeah. You love, I know. I, that's, you and I know. All right. I, I wrote the Van Helsing's Daughters play. So I love the perspective of the like, the, the supernatural creatures are creatures too, right? I love yeah. the like animal rights 
sort of <laughs> view of supernatural creatures of like, yeah. let's not stick them in a maze and torture yeah. them, huh? Like For they're no humans reason. too. Well, they're not humans, but they feel pain. And, they well, and especially a human uh, who turns into a monster once a, a month, yeah. we're going to force him to be a monster so we can kill him. Like, oh, okay. Yes. Well, <laughs> yeah. uh, I loved Elsa Bloodstone as well as yeah. our daughter character. I thought she yeah. was a lot of fun and a nice sassy badass. Uh <laughs> yeah. She was on um, the nevers. Um, which was a very short-lived HBO show. It uh, was sabotaged by being, uh, it was helmed. uh, The the showrunner was Joss Whedon and then Joss Whedon got canceled. So he got kicked off of the show and that kind of (laughs) threw a wrench in the gears (laughs) of the show and the show went off the rails and did not get a new season. Um, But she was pretty fantastic in that show. And so I'm glad to see her kind of like She's she's got a pretty nice little uh vibe as like a badass almost like Buffy the Vampire Slayer yeah. type character. Um yeah, she she's she she's pretty killer. I can I can dig her. I'm they kept the a- they kept the Marvel woman fighting uh choreography. Like when she does that yeah. leap onto that guy and like uses her legs they to pull love him down. It when women put their legs around a man's head and bring him to the ground. Like that's that's like the Marvel woman move right there. Um, but I thought she was a lot of fun. I hope, I mean, I kind of want them, I don't know how many more like legitimate horror stories they have but i think this would be like a fun tradition for marvel yeah to just give us because part of me is like i would love to see these characters again but also part of me is like i don't want them really integrated into like the main marvel universe and get muddled into all that like but then we get more gael garcia Bernal, who was just so goddamn adorable oh my god but meanwhile i do love so he's like an adorable um ted is like this adorable weird design one i was like what is this design it is like an elephant seal in the face but yeah he's almost like an ant a little cra- bit yeah like an ant uh yeah. but his power was scary as f like he just disintegrated <laughs> yeah. so when i saw his power i was like i i see why we would be scared <laughs> his power is uh vicious <laughs> so uh that i love him and his eyes his sweet eyes um um, sorry. Also, can we talk really quick about the very weird, very health incredible choice uh, to make the corpse of the dad animatronic? That was oh, so good. I hollered when she opened that damn casket and he's like <laughs> talking. I've never seen t- anything like that in my entire life. I've never seen that kind of a choice. I mean, and, it was okay. wild. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's so let's let's talk a little bit about this like Halloween movie thing. That to me is like fucking Halloween movie. Yeah. Like I want a little bit of weird and just campiness yeah. in my Halloween movies. I need like some fun. And that was fun. That was a very fun, ridiculous, shocking choice. Yeah, this is like a great version of a Halloween special or Halloween film because it does. It has a lot of camp, obviously. They're really playing up the camp factor, but it's still so well executed. The script is really well done. It's really well acted. Everybody, that's the thing. It's, that's part of getting a balance like this. Part of it is everyone has to know what kind of project we're here to make. And everybody mm-hmm. fully understood. They were on board. They knew the project we were here to make and they all executed what they were brought to do. Yeah. <laughs> and it just Clear worked. vision. Yeah, it was yeah. a clear vision. And mm-hmm. 
I think that's that's a lot of people's problem with Marvel recently is a lot of the movies have not had such a clear vision and um, yeah. they've suffered the, a little and bit. And the series haven't had clear well, vision. Well, the series uh, definitely yeah. have not had and a clear it, vision. You know, and at least with this one, I mean, it doesn't do anything to further. I, that's another complaint is that like it doesn't seem like this round of marvel movies is going anywhere like together yeah and it doesn't seem like this one is either but i think that's one of the things that i like about this round of marvel movies is that they can do stuff like werewolf by night because they don't have to fit it in with everything else they can just go do a thing because it's a neat property and it'd be fun and people want to see it well i wanted to see it yeah that's like the that's why i was saying like maybe i don't want them in the full universe maybe i'd like to just see them come back next year for a second special you know what i mean like so i get more of these characters i get more of guile because i don't know it's just so refreshing in this day and age we don't get this anymore you know because everything's a shared universe in these films and in these tv shows it's just fun to get a one-off film that can be its own distinct style without everyone like panicking because every time mm-hmm. one of the films tries to be its own distinct style everyone's losing their mind because it doesn't mm-hmm. fit the marvel mold to a t anymore and mm-hmm. this we can just kind of celebrate it for being mm-hmm. what it is and and it wasn't two and a half hours long <laughs> they did a whole story no. top to bottom super enjoyable 50 minutes so good i like that i love it i love that they premiered it at the beginning of october a disney plus release um yeah this is one of honestly again you and i have talked about it because we we've enjoyed a lot of these marvel properties in the phase four more than a lot of other people have because we're not i don't know we seem to just kind of view them differently i don't know what's Mm -hmm. going on We're, we're not so obsessed with like What's it leading to? What's it leading to? Yeah, um, yeah but this <laughs> I think for like, me, it was I ha- already had this superhero fatigue. Yeah. So like, I don't need, you know, I would rather see something that's like a new and interesting film. Yeah. Than... Even if it misses. I mean, that's been part of my thing is I can feel directors directing these movies. Mm-hmm. So even if they don't knock it out of the park completely, they're not a complete home run. I don't know. I just I've enjoyed getting variety with Marvel recently mm-hmm. rather than the, you know, mm-hmm. Black Widow version 7.0 and where was was directed one of the most unique and fun things give that guy more money i want to see more movies and now (laughs) we know more sound designers money to make films (laughs) and now we know he's not only a great music composer he's also can direct so i'm ready to see more from you giacchino now so it sounds like for sure werewolf by night might be coming into like a nice little rotation of watch focus mm-hmm. focus too mm-hmm. not no. so much uh- <laughs> i would like to delete it from my brain thank you <laughs> it's not gonna be a double feature next year it's just gonna be no, a one which is a bummer man i would love for that to be like a double feature thing but i would Relax. rather watch ghostbusters 2 than hocus pocus 2 and ghostbusters yeah. 2 is not very good no I mean, people can fight me all they want, but I still think the 2016 one is number two on my rankings. Oop. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> yes, well, even over at the new one the, with the, uh, the afterlife. Yeah, people love. I thought that was cute. I thought I actually thought that one was better in terms of that that nostalgia factor. Yeah, no, like it what hit I'm looking the nostalgia for. Buttons. Yeah, it hits the nostalgia buttons. I did it like you know. 
that was the thing with the Hocus Pocus. Just one more thing is some movies have done a really good job of being remakes. But they're close enough to the original. I can tell they're just pressing my nostalgia button. But they yeah. do it in a way that is good and enjoyable and I'm okay with it. Whereas this Hocus Pocus, they just, they just failed at it. And sometimes, sometimes they fail at the nostalgia button pushing. Sometimes it's true. too much focus on, on pushing the buttons and not enough focus <laughs> on like the rest of it and where it all needs to kind of like, get loosely tied together in something coherent and enjoyable yeah. anyways well you mentioned ghostbusters um, i think that's that is a good segue into yes. uh, the segment halloween films yes. so this time of year it does kind of come up people don't know what to do is it just like you have horror fans who are you know this time of year they're all about horror and they don't really care about halloween films per se they yeah. want just the yeah. horror other people so, don't want just horror they want yeah. to get into the atmosphere the vibe yeah. of halloween and not so, every horror film does that yeah so I, I think one of my for me like one of the biggest sort of like it's not a requirement but one of the biggest thing that makes a halloween film a halloween film is it takes place on halloween that tends to like kind of edge it directly into halloween film territory there are certain movies that I love and cherish as a Halloween film that I watch every year and are not don't don't take place on Halloween. Um, so I think it's kind of a loose thing, but I think it definitely helps. Um, and yeah, I, I just think um, hollow horror movies are for all year round. There's certain movies that are like clearly for Halloween and I sit and watch them all day. Also, I, mean, I now have a child oh. um, who is just kind of, you know, in in the in the room. And so I, I like to have Halloween movies playing in the background while I'm working on my costume or working on like making a deck uh, decorations and stuff like that. It's, just, you know, I like to feel festive um, and I don't feel comfortable with horror movies playing in the background uh, because my baby isn't really watching it. But I don't like I don't feel like the sound of like screaming and terror is like not great for her little tiny psyche so i i'm really trying to find those movies that are a little bit lighter that aren't like terrifying levels of like gore and things like that so that that's kind of my like criteria for like a halloween movie i think they need to be a little more fun right like so my theater company does a halloween show every year um, and, and had somebody write a review and they kind of mentioned that uh, we had one of the elements um, kind of didn't lend itself to our horror show. And I was like, All right, it's not a horror show. We don't really do horror shows. We do Halloween shows. Yeah. And but I think there's a difference. You know, I, I don't want people, you know, if people want to go at Halloween to a live event and be terrified, they'll go to a haunted house. That, that's the place you want to go if you want to get like scared. I am not trying to terrify people. I am trying to entertain them with something lightly spooky, a little bit jarring, and mostly like Halloween fun. That's what I'm seeking and um, trying to provide. Well, that's so not anyways. to say horror films don't also qualify. I mean, obviously, um, Halloween staple is, in fact, Halloween from 1978. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a horror film. Takes place on Halloween. Literally, yes. it's called it. So it's hard. The first time I watched Halloween yeah. was on Halloween at a oh, Halloween nice. party. With Have you my seen Trick or Treat, but... Ren? Huh? Have you seen Trick or Treat? I haven't. Okay, it's another good Halloween horror film. I know. Straight up Halloween. I what, know. So what, we've talked about Hocus Pocus. Obviously, it's something we both yep. grew up on. It's a Halloween staple, Halloween classic. Another one for me 
I know people argue because it could fall into two different seasons. And I'm just like, I'll watch it on both seasons then. How about that? Um, Nightmare, Nightmare Before, Before Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. So I watch it at Thanksgiving. That's the rule because it fits perfectly between the two holidays. That's my. <laughs> and it starts on Halloween. So literally it starts Halloween day and then yes. transitions to the time of Christmas over Thanksgiving. I mean, yeah. you know, they're working. They're working towards yeah. Christmas. But it just gives <laughs> off the, the perfect vibes for the holiday holiday for me so I'm just like you know what I'll just watch it twice a year you know who cares um, <laughs> so um I actually Paranorman is if we're on like stop motions Paranorman is like an every single year one for me there's not a lot of more modern Halloween movies yeah. that I like want to watch on a regular basis every year but Paranorman absolutely is a Halloween movie that I I would I would I've bought and watch every year without fail and like even Patrick like wants to sit and watch it with me it's just delightful the visuals are incredible the story is amazing it's Laika we've talked about how much I love Laika on the as does Larry they're an incredible uh filmmaking team and uh Paranorman is just if you've never seen Paranorman I highly highly recommend it it should become a favorite of yours because <laughs> it's incredible no, it's amazing. I love Paranorman. Yeah. And it's another great Halloween itself type yeah. of film. Because, I mean, you could argue, I guess that's where it gets like, that's where horror gets tricky. And then even like gothic or dark stuff, mm -hmm. you know, you can argue with Halloween, but you can also be like, I want to throw Coraline on in April. Uh, mm -hmm. And you're still just as justified. Uh, or if you want to argue it's a good time for Halloween film. Sure. I mean, I'm not going to argue against it either. Um, yeah, there's certain movies that I just like don't watch that are like they're hollow. They save them for Halloween. Yeah. Like, I don't watch them outside of the Halloween. And so like paranormal. And that's one of the things like if it takes place at Halloween, it's a thing I'm probably going to save to watch for Halloween season. Because, you know, I start... <laughs> Officially, I start October 1st, but let's be real. I start like the last two weeks of September, just like okay. rolling through. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I have a lot of days of the week, <laughs> of the month, of the month and a half that I basically spend watching a Halloween movie or two every day. Um, okay, so outside, there's there's a lot of animated ones that I love, like just in general, right? Like I think Coraline, is, but Paranorman has like a, has a very Halloween-y feel to yeah. it. Um, I also love, um, and is just, a, it's one of the ones I watch every year is Elvira mistress of the dark. Cause that is, that is what I want. I want that camp. I want that like funness. <laughs> I love Elvira. She's the queen of Halloween and the other Elvira movies are not very good, but the first one is great. <laughs> Look, she has made so much bank off of just, you know, she's made a lifetime of living off of that one film. She didn't even have to make any of the sequels. And it was an iconic figure in pop culture forever. Uh, <laughs> I also, I, I'm like, you know, part of me thinks, I'm like, what do I watch every year all over? <laughs> Other than like the few staples we've already mentioned. Um, Ghostbusters is definitely one. Ghostbusters is another there, and that one, you know, it can be a little bit scary. I think maybe for smaller kids, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, mostly just kind yeah. Of it's, it's, a that, it's that our generation and like, well, that's really Gen X, but like, yeah. it's that scary used to be okay for kids. Yeah. There was like a line, and I think it was before we had the PG thirteen rating, where that like things kind of sat in this weird PG land where it was like, yeah, it's fine. 
they're not yeah. like dismembering anyone so it's probably fine <laughs> and then we have i mean even like beetlejuice maybe we oh beetlejuice in there. yeah i watch beetlejuice every year for sure the great halloween atmosphere for sure yes. See those 80 those couple 80s that they got you uh, yeah, at least two I, of I mean them. beetlejuice is my like halloween decoration aesthetic like my whole house is like lime green and purple and that's like what <laughs> i do for halloween slashers are like a Halloween-ish staple for me in general, but Friday the 13th is like one that is not because it, it really could be a summer movie. I mean, they're literally at summer camp. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's not really Halloween, but ones for me, like Nightmare on Elm Street, for whatever reason, is fun Halloween stuff as a scream for me. Like those are the other two slashers with Halloween that I'm just like, I don't know, they seem fun. We're having a party and scream and people just run around killing each other. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in definitely the like opposed to the slasher i think it was like it was so it wasn't last year it was like two years ago so when i was writing murder at the drive-in i really wanted to like pay homage to those like 80s yeah. horror movies and i had like you know after talking to you i realized i had a really big blind spot <laughs> on a lot of these like classic horror movies so i spent a good chunk of an oct of october in like 2020 and like 2021 like going through those old classic yeah. ones but i think at my at my core my heart uh just loves the like more campy halloweeny ones ren i feel like the answer is still no and uh, you're the biggest jack black fan i know yes you still have not watched goosebumps have you no i have well, i did have. i did see okay. i mean it's not any good i wouldn't watch it more than the one time um <laughs> you didn't even have fun with that little first one uh, it was fine it was fun I have there's a lot of Halloween movies to watch all right and like I'm not That's even gonna true. get to all of the ones that I love so like there's, there's gotta be a little did bit you of go that. like classic classic right you go like Charlie Brown and the pumpkin patch um so I would watch Charlie Brown and the pumpkin patch if it wasn't exclusively only on <laughs> Apple TV right now Oh, I didn't I even know that description too. <laughs> well, well then. Um, I, I mean, like, yeah, that, I mean, I love that kind of stuff. No, I did watch that um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark for the first time okay. this year. Did you like that one? Uh, it's fine. I don't know. I thought the character think... designs were awesome. Yes. The rest? And eh. I, well, I think that was the, sad to me is what's the, ter- I wanted more character design. I think, I think I missed a lot of, a lot of what made those books like terrifying and the stories that were really scary for me, they didn't really include like that white woman though was like, Ooh, okay. She is scurry. Uh, the one in the, the blob, red, like the, the blob. Yeah. With the, yeah, red, that woman like, is scary. Like, okay. That's that <laughs> one was creepy. It's just, they didn't create a good narrative for that movie for me. Like the through line. No, it didn't work. I mean, um, I, I, I wanted love to it. like it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I love this. The stories are powerful concept. I'm always kind of like behind that, but yeah, I mean, when, did you watch that Jack Black and Kate Blanchett? Jack Black just, has just really been trying to get his Halloween classic. Um, no, the house is... with the clock in the walls. It's another Halloween. Oh, no, I haven't seen that one. With that one. It's okay, too. If I don't know. Maybe you'll like it. It's a little less uh, zany than Goosebumps was. <laughs> you know, honestly, what's weird is I would say of the, like, the, a lot of these, like, more stream. I guess that one wasn't sent to streaming. A, a lot yeah. of the, like, newer ones strangely enough hear me out Uh i actually really like qb halloween i know i know i mean i can't talk too much because i refuse to watch it but (laughs) why because if i I know i run the other way as fast as yeah i understand i understand (laughs) but hear me out 
This one is actually really fun. And I, I think because, because the Halloween film, I have, they, they have something to stick with. And, and also the character is like, it's more old school. Um, it's more old school Adam Sandler where he's playing a little bit of like a doofy character and that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, More like nineties. It it feels a lot closer to like the nineties films and there's like some really like Steve Buscemi's in it and he's pretty great. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think I liked the first one. I think I didn't like the second one. I was like, all right, if we're just going to throw out like guilty pleasure, hot mess comedians that everyone hates, why don't I just say boo a Medea damn Halloween or something then ran to like, I mean, that's why I was like, the second one is terrible. He made two of them damn things, but I think the first one was okay. Uh, Then no, that second one they brought in YouTube people as actors, and that's always don't. If you're a social media star, stay the hell away from my theater screen. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I I think Halloween gets a little bit more leeway on like quality level on the films if they are fun and very Halloweeny, right? Like Hubie Halloween takes place on Halloween. It's fun there's like a little murder mystery thing going on it's it's it, i think it does a really good job of capturing what was like that good about happy gilmore in the 90s um like it, it's just the right i i enjoyed it um it's a but, weird thing to think that horror the genre that you would think would really try to always capitalize on halloween they don't really set a lot of horror films on halloween itself they, they kind of stare clear of the holiday no yeah <laughs> i mean it's not we, like i said we have halloween and trick-or-treat which are like the two main halloween horror franchises yeah. but outside of that uh they just oh, do it at any old did time you know also and I, i'm kind of a little sad that this is what happened halloween initially was supposed to be like an anthology it was supposed yeah. to be a different story on each hall a different horror story on halloween which explains halloween number three well, yes. <laughs> which i would never watch again but is also like okay. kind of incredible that is so actually i, I would say i don't know see this is why I, i'm trying to get ren to watch this new trilogy because she may have the complete opposite reaction to this last one that i did I did not like it. I also do not like Halloween 3 season of the witch. I know, look, I know it has this real cult following. These people just champion it. I'm pretty sure because it's so like that shit crazy. Like yeah. it's just completely different. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, it's not a Halloween a... <laughs> Michael Myers film at all. Yeah, um, no, it's that shit crazy and it's super weird and it's it, it, it's weird. like bad, but it's it's in that right like sweet spot of bad. Watch, listen, do you watch Return to Oz at Halloween? <laughs> No, but I do oh, love okay. Return to Oz. I was like, I know you like that crazy batshit crazy. Yeah, I love batshit. Wildly Come on, terrifying horror film. Uh, yeah. Return to Oz. Yep. I'm like a full on horror but I also film watched, for a good Okay, part. but before we move too far, I also watched like accepted excellent films at Halloween, like Practical Magic. Oh, well. Every year, Practical Magic and The Craft. Those are my the two craft. like witchy films I have to every single year. <laughs> How about, can we just throw it to Disney Channel real quick and give a shout out to my jam, Halloween Town. Halloween Town. Yes. That one is not good either, but it's great. It's so fun and just super fun. What you need, Debbie Reynolds killing it in this little Disney Channel movie. Sits in that nice sweet spot of like fun and it's like spooky. It's got your little like skeletons and stuff. Yeah. Um. So this is my like wild card one. My Uh-oh. like old fashioned Ren's a film nerd um, pick is I watch Arsenic and Old Lace every year too. Um, have you ever seen Arsenic and Old Lace? I have not. So Arsenic and Old Lace 
is an old movie. It's based on a play, which is also my favorite play. It's a very oh. farcy play. Um, basically, in the original version, the original play that was on Broadway, Boris Karloff, who, if you know anything about horror films, Boris Karloff was Frankenstein. He's also lots of other characters. Uh, he was Frankenstein. So in this movie, he plays the brother of the main character who shows back up and his uh, sidekick, he is Peter Lorre, who is like, you know, from, from Casablanca. He's a little like, <laughs> like Igor character, like classic. He's in this movie. And his a little doctor friend has uh, given him face surgery and he looks like Frankenstein. So it's like kind of funny because it's Boris Karloff that keeps on getting made fun of because he looks like the guy who played Frankenstein because he is the guy who played Frankenstein. Oh. So that's like the start there. Cary Grant is the main character. So it's Cary Grant at his Cary Grantiest, just <laughs> like slap sticking it up, big facial expressions, falling over like chairs and things while he um, figures out how to deal with the fact that his two little old lady aunts um, that have been poisoning old men without families with their elderberry wine and then burying them in the cellar um, because their other nephew is uh, thinks that he's Teddy Roosevelt. So uh, he keeps digging the Panama Canal in the cellar. So they keep like putting the dead bodies in there and telling Teddy that they're malaria victims. And then they bury him in the, all these dead bodies in the Panama Canal in the basement. Um, it sounds ridiculous. And it is. Um, <laughs> and it is. Thank you very much. Uh, which is why it is fantastic. And I highly recommend it to everyone. Um, it's just really good fun. Um, it is all black and white. Uh, so that is a turnoff for some people. But oh, I... Wow. Every year it is. And it takes place like at Halloween. Um, the movie does. I don't think the play is supposed to specifically take place at Halloween, but it's it's definitely got those high Halloweeny vibes for sure. Right. Um, <laughs> it's my, oh my wild God. card. Old school. How about like the Adams family? Oh, yeah. I got to do the Adams family. I actually just recently watched the animated one, which was cute. Um, I don't Not think I would watch one. that one every I year. I the second one classic. a lot. Yeah, the original one. Yeah, the the little nine. Well, the little um, <laughs> the one I grew up on, of course, is the the one I. I mean, you know, we love the, the old, only one that old anyone cares about. Yeah, like Fun I was fact, like, did you know? Yes. Sorry, can I tell you? Did you know? Uh, I was just reading Elvira's um, autobiography, and apparently, <laughs> Elvira's costume is based on Vampira's costume, who was the original horror host, yes. and Vampira's costume is based on Morticia. Adams's outfit oh. from when the Adams was just a comic strip. Wow. Isn't that interesting? That is Elvira, interesting. down the line, directly <laughs> from old school Morticia Adams. Yes, Morticia girl. <laughs> just an icon always and forever, even from the days of the comic strip. Yep. <laughs> we love our we love Elvira and we love Morticia too. All yeah. of us. And I'm looking forward to the Wednesday Adams uh, show. And I do, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones looks incredible. But Angelica Houston is just, you know, <laughs> the she's more fish yeah. it's, 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 it's never going to be. And Raul Julia, you know, it's really hard to try and top them. Even our girl, um, oh God, I'm blanking on her name, Wednesday. Christina Ricci. Uh, Christina Ricci. I was like, God damn. Even our little Christina Ricci. She was just like such a spot on casting for yes. a little oh, yeah. at Wednesday back in the day. Yeah, it's, it's I, I wanted to be Wednesday <laughs> when I was that age. <laughs> it was like, that is me. 
that's me I, mean, I will be that's, that's the problem child. that's the like scary part and I know they keep you know you always try to like sneak back in but when there's an iteration even if it's not the original iteration when there's an an iteration that just gets everything together perfectly the casting is so spot on the movie is fun and good it's it's a hard ask to try to bring those characters back to life and the Adams family it's up there with the best of them I mean they just they got everyone in the cast correct and it's gonna be hard to ever pop mm-hmm. that what was it 90s was it 90 91 90s I want to say like 94 <laughs> be my guess Oh, okay. Thanks, Larry. I am weirdly good at at like just pulling it out of the air. So let's look it up. Wait, wait, wait. We gotta look it up now. Okay, okay. Ninety-one. Ninety-one. We're a lot closer than I was. (laughs) Okay. Well then, Uh, (laughs) it would have been really cool if I knew that. (laughs) Like, well, all of this builds up for nothing. Great. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I don't need to be embarrassed for not. (laughs) I mean, like, make a film. about Halloween people trying Town to figure probably out probably the closest thing to not spooky at all it's Halloween almost like an action film like because they have to take down something but it's not uh-huh. scary uh maybe like double double toil and trouble with the Olsen twins okay I think if you're like really full on I mean I guess like, movie. like Charlie Brown <laughs> that's not but scary even at all. like even unless I'm even like double double toil and trouble that Evil Chloris Leachman. I just rewatched this, just to be clear. I just rewatched this. I don't remember this movie. I, of course, as a as a thirty five year old woman, loved the Olsen twins yeah. when they were in their peak. Um, but uh, so Chloris Leachman is the evil like witch character, which is kind of our already makes the movie kind of amazing. Like yeah. she's just great. She plays like the evil sister and the good sister that's like trapped in a mirror. But that's like a little bit dark, right? There's they, she tries to like steal the children. So yeah, I think they always have to be a little bit spooky. I don't think they can fully be... escape. Yeah. How about like just kind of Tim Burton? <laughs> Do you yeah, consider just... Tim Burton filmed Halloween films like Frankenweenie or The Corpse Bride? Yeah, but Corpse Bride is still like spooky. Yeah, no, that's why I'm so these yeah. are they don't take place during Halloween. And yeah. they're not really, they're not necessarily scary. They're just real gothic. Like the Corpse Bride is yes. really gothic. I, I think if you have like ghosts, zombies, werewolves, Frankensteins, vampires, so basically they, if you director, have. Guillermo, yeah, if, do, you, do you consider most of his films to fall under Halloween? So Tim like, Burton? No, Guillermo del Toro. Oh, so like, yeah, man. Prince that guy is like dark. Another just yeah. kind of gothic Yeah. Or even I don't, Pan's think, I don't know if I would watch Pan's Labyrinth at Halloween, but I also don't know if I would ever watch Pan's Labyrinth again because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you need to make Patrick watch it. Um, I, I know, know he's scared, yeah. but uh, I've just the first time I watched it, I watched it very, very uh, stoned, and um, that's not the right state of mind to be in to watch that movie. No, <laughs> you saw that eye monster, and you said, "What the." <laughs> It was actually was the um the 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 part oh. where he murdered a man by smashing him in the face with a bottle over and over again. That yeah. that was the moment I went, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> oh, this is not this is not the fantastical adventure I was hoping it would be. I thought this was more of a fantasy like fairy tale. Um, like, not this shit. <laughs> 
I was I was prepared for a little bit of darkness. I think I was prepared Not- for where's David Bo? <laughs> Not a visceral like no no watch this murder happen for real. Cool. Um. Yeah. <laughs> And then they were like, just one last little jab, like nice yeah, little. It's like almost up to, I, I, I might watch it again. I think I was, I'm a little traumatized by it, but it's kind of in the same place as like the Nightingale, not as bad as the Nightingale. That I would never watch again. I think, I oh think it's God. good to watch it once. I think you should yeah. be prepared. I saw some people on Reddit were talking about the Nightingale is on Hulu and it auto played. <laughs> like they woke up and it was the middle of the Nightingale. And I was like, could you no. imagine if you woke up to the like scene? That yeah. scene, the definitive nope. scene of that damn movie, I, and that's where you opened your eyes. I, my response was, <laughs> I wasn't prepared to see that movie, and I was prepared to see that movie. Yeah, that was we we watched it together at the Alamo Draft House. That was a viewing experience. Shit, that is that's not a fun, joyful <laughs> Halloween like, movie. Uh, don't Everyone, do it. No. I, I so anyway, dead silent. Generally, all of his stuff kind of sits there. I don't know if Pinocchio. I, I think I like my Halloween stuff to be. I don't know. I've gotten a little more picky, a pickier about it as the years have gone on. I it's. I think it is. It's partially just like a mood thing. I think mostly I want like a touch of horror, but like I think I mostly want horror comedy. Like overall, that's what I'm looking for. How like did we forget. Another family-friendly icon, Casper. Casper, with Casper. my favorite Bill Pullman. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Devin C. who everybody just like lives for, but um, no, Bill Pullman, of course, of course. Right? I, I'm sure he would be. When I told him that my favorite film of his was uh, Spaceballs, he was like, "Oh, real film connoisseur." Um, I'm sure he would have been delighted to hear me follow it up with, and then my second favorite is Casper. <laughs> We don't play with that Independence Day bullshit, sir. We, I mean, that's that's a classic. That's it's not classic. It's like we only we did a whole pro- podcast on Patreon. And his speech is iconic. No matter yes. the rest of the film, his speech specifically is like the definitive Fourth yes. of July speech here. He is, according to some people, the only president of the United States they will that recognize. We have ever had in the whole history of the country. The Casper is a delight, and that's not very scary. I mean, again, no, not at all. You know, maybe you're a little scared as they like come, the other ghosts like come, but not, I mean, that one's, that one's a pretty tame, just yeah. anyone can watch Casper. No, I, I would actually say the best Guillermo del Toro, uh, like Halloween film for me would be Crimson Peak. I think that one sits in the right sweet spot of like that gothic, spooky, it's got the ghosts, it's got yeah. the intrigue, mystery and Scott, just that like that time period. I think there's something about like the Victorian time period that lends itself to like Halloween spookiness, right? It's like every every like haunted house you see is like a Victorian house. So I think maybe that's why that's what it feels like. Um, there's uh, been some, you know what's like- not actually? I would say The Shape of Water. Absolutely not any yeah. sort of a Halloween film or Pacific Rim. Obviously, like yeah. that's like the outlier Guillermo. That's not really in the same tone really as yeah. most of his other films in general but yeah shape yeah. of water i do feel like um some of these streaming I, I okay so i really appreciate that the streaming services now just like have a section that's like halloween love that i do think some of them are stretching a little bit on like what is halloween especially disney plus no. they're trying to tell me that james and the giant peach is a halloween film and i'm like what because there's a spider come on it's a little bit disturbing because it's, yes, because <laughs> it's Tim Burton-esque. Because it's a rhino chase, a dark, like, 
ominous rhino chasing them through yeah, the world. Yeah, I would say James and the Giant Peach is not any more Halloween than like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. They're, they're the same levels of like dark, but you know, it's real doll dark. It's not yeah, Halloween it's not- dark. Anytime they wear masks, that's the thing. So the Purge series, I'll take place in the summer, so I don't consider them. It's like a 4th of July movie, really, Uh because Uh of the social commentary. But then, like, The Strangers, it gives me a very Halloween vibe. Like, these people breaking into your house with these masks on, and it's just like a a home invasion horror movie. It gives very Halloween-y type of vibe. I could see that. I could see that. How about, like, Blade? For, like, a superhero movie Vampires, I think that qualifies. Anything with vampires. I actually think um, it's not in every year, but it is in often the, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. I like to watch that at <laughs> Halloween. That, that's just oh, you live right for that. You thought. live for that campy Buffy the Vampire yes! Slayer movie. Right? <laughs> yes, you live for it. Yeah. I want. I, I also okay. I think also any movies that are like horror movie commentary right like i said anything that sits in like that horror comedy range i consider like a halloween movie so like dale and tucker versus the evil and um cabin in the woods those to me feel like halloween films say again evil dead evil dead oh yeah yeah i I feel like yeah those ones all kind of like work for me because how do you feel about that remake did you ever see it the evil dead remake no that happened in like 2013 Mm-mm. I've That's thought about much like, more straight up horror. <laughs> they already did a remake. Sorry, <laughs> they made a, they remade it. Sam Raimi remade the first Evil Dead with when he made Evil Dead Two and made it more scary. <laughs> he already did that. <laughs> just, just being honest here. <laughs> so you're not gonna pop Multiverse of Madness into your Halloween rotation, right? I was actually thinking about that, and it it might work if it if I wanted to. I mean, I think Werewolf at Night is a better Halloween Marvel movie, but up until Werewolf at Night, that would have been the best where like Halloween movie. Yeah. But they're coming out with the Blade movie, so maybe that's going to be the next like. Let's hope it's good. They just had a Marvel big setback on that, the director uh, leaving. So <sighs> big setback on Blade, which I just want it to be good. Mahershala Ali deserves a damn good superhero movie. <laughs> I, I think it has to be good because the original is really good. And yeah, if you can't live up to the original, again, why are you doing it? That's we want to talk about, we t- we have talked about it, but it's, it's this. Uh, we want to talk about opening iconic, like with some of the best opening comic book movie scenes of all time, Blade One, that damn blood rave is like one of the best and coolest so openings for a superhero movie. And it sets the tone that perfect. Was, <laughs> I also think original Blade was like, it was such a like, it it exemplifies like a cool 90s movie, right? <laughs> like it had that like house music. It was like cool 90s music or movie before The Matrix was a cool yeah. 90s movie. And I mean, right? Wes- look, Neo kind of copped Wesley Snipes' look, like the trench coat. Real. <laughs> he had the, the, gla- the sunglasses on at night. Uh- <laughs> Wesley did it first, Neo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, maybe not first, but, or the crow. Do you, is the crow a good? Um, I think Halloween? that I think that qualifies as a good Halloween movie. Yep, definitely. I would I just, watch it if it was just like streaming there. Do you ever have? You know, a there's problem certain ones it, that. Though. Say again. That's one of those films that I admittedly have a little bit of a hard time rewatching, just because of the tragedy you know. in real life. Like yeah. some movies, you're like, ooh, I think I like the movie. It's just like, mm-hmm. and it, it does. It makes it more sad, uh, more mm-hmm. kind of dark, uh, which the film mm-hmm. is dark, but sometimes you're like, damn, I don't know, it's sad. <laughs> yeah, that's 
<laughs> right. I, I tend to want like a little bit more like fun in my Halloween movies. I think um, one of the other movies I've been watching regularly around Halloween, um, not every single year, but I've, I've now watched them twice, are the, the Babysitter movies on Netflix. Those ones are are perfect, I think, for like a Halloween movie. They're they're funny. They kind of make fun of the satanic ritual trope. Snob. I really like every time we come on here, you just start talking because you've watched like all of the horror movies on streaming and I just refuse. I just like <laughs> sidestep them every time. I'm like, damn, I am such a streaming snob. I'm like, babysitter, please. No, thank you. Give them what was to it? Me the this what was that slasher series that they did like 70s 80s and 90s? oh fear street fear, fear street's street. really good i said Larry, no thank you, you and i pushed them. the fear street to the side and kept it pushing make <laughs> me watch stupid goosebumps no i want to watch fear street rl stein that's just really good i just bypassed right on by the fear street and kept I, I got my wisdom teeth out and i watched all of those movies like while i was like laying in bed and they were really really good they're oh, and they're really well tied together they're like i mean scary. I they're good, but they're good you should watch them <laughs> everyone also not really like a horror horror movie but also on streaming um a little evil I just think is just adorable and I highly recommend it. I don't think it got very much advertisement or play, but it's Adam Scott. And uh, he is uh, the recent, uh, oh, I was about to say, oh, it's got your girl Kate Beckinsale. No, it's got her lookalike. Evangeline Lilly is the mom. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Evangeline Lilly is the mom. Um, and and, uh, Adam Scott is like new stepdad and her son, he's pretty sure is the spawn of the devil um, and is like the antichrist. And it's a horror comedy. Uh, it's okay. very sweet, actually. It ends up being like pretty adorable and like heartwarming. Um, so I, I, I love that one as a Halloween movie. That it like, you know, because at the end of the day, Halloween is is really it, it's kind of a kids' holiday. So I kind of like the Halloween movies to have, you know, an well, that's element. That's why you're. I mean, that's what we're talking about. That's why your company does so well at Halloween is because. Adults still want to participate. It's just harder for adults to participate or to find things to do, especially once you're out of high school or college and you're not just going to house parties or whatever all the time every year. And you don't really want to get like fucked up. (laughs) You're like just searching for something to do and you you still want to wear a costume, but you don't have anywhere to wear it to. So adults are always like seeking out things to do. Yeah. The like late 20s, early 30s (laughs) to 40s group that's like, I want to do something for Halloween, but doesn't have something to do for Halloween and doesn't want to go get like their shit scared out of them at a haunched house also they don't want to like pay that price for like a 10 minute experience that yeah you know although i will say denver has some really sick haunted houses (laughs) as a person who i worked at universal studios so i've been to the halloween horror nights a bunch of times those are like great they're universal great production value yeah great production value the fucking 13th floor in denver is really well done i will say not worth going to more than once. They don't change it that much from year yeah. to year. It's about the same. Just um, so damn, I mean, I guess the same thing in Universal. I'm just like, it's just that damn line. That's part of the... Yeah, yeah. The I will say, though. Line. Well, okay. So if you go to Halloween Horror Nights, what's really cool about that is that you don't have to wait in line super, super long because there's like a bunch of different haunted houses inside of the park. Oh, so you good. pay to get in and then you wait in a line to get into each of the things. But it's like, but, it's not like the really long line you have to wait in to get into the 13th floor. I will say part of the scariest part for me, probably scarier than like the actual haunted houses because I don't get like too scared in there, um, 
is the line though because part of it is like your mental really like psyched you out like you start kind of yeah. like getting nervous of like oh my god so it's like sorry you the anticipation <laughs> yes rocky horror we briefly mentioned it another great yes. great movie to watch around this time of year my yeah, girl Kate Beckinsale, actually underworld that first one at least is fun what is that first Underworld is fun for this time of year. If you're looking sure, for like yeah, a more actiony yep. movie mm-hmm. rather than a straight up horror or a family movie. Yep. 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 Yeah. You know, I would say American Werewolf in London. That's another like good one. Really fun. Which Solid. apparently people haven't watched these American Werewolf in London. Like they haven't watched that film of the, that was a revelation when this Marvel movie came out. And everyone's oh. like, why? Watch it right. After you watch <laughs> Werewolf by Night, head your ass on over <laughs> yeah i can't remember it's streaming on like amazon primes and most people have access to watch it immediately yeah also i'm not gonna lie i loved american werewolf in paris i don't think it's like i haven't watched it more than fun but it was fun also okay here's my problem i forgot to mention it tell me why i mean i know why because what but we got thor booty um why did guy garcia bernal have them damn pants on the whole time I thought we established this as a good werewolf uh, trope that you lose them clothes, sir. <laughs> you transformed back to a human and still was wearing them clothes. Um, Gail, we know you're not adverse <laughs> to nudity. We've seen your filmography. <laughs> Completely 100 aside, uh, just because I haven't mentioned to it to you yet. Uh, if you want to see some full frontal male nudity from a star you should check out pam and tommy on hulu oh. that is some full-on sebastian stan in your face constantly if you're looking for a proud full frontal from a male just show, throwing that out there it talks <laughs> literally it speaks in the film in the yes in the yes it's weird so it's know. like one weird scene he's on drugs it's fine you know <laughs> it's fun times uh good prosthetic work all around on both him and uh lily james as well i didn't realize mm-hmm. that those were prosthetics until after uh on her i imagine they had to be because she doesn't she's 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 not pamela anderson in that department and but when you look at her i mean it is seamless so uh, again the makeup they, work the prosthetic the makeup work was on, incredible that show, on that they even like yep. gave her prosthetic teeth and they did prosthetics around her face you can't tell looking at her she looks yeah she, she looks, looks natural incredibly I mean, amazing, but... like pam anderson it's and that's that's a fun time so yeah horror halloween family friendly that's what's <laughs> so fun about this holiday i really feel like of course it is a chance to bring out like everybody no matter what we say everybody does like to dress up they like to have some mm-hmm. fun and it's a good time to just Get into the spirit of things and unless you're like uber religious and still have this weird idea that it's like inviting the devil into your home or some shit um <laughs> this is a lot of fun to be had uh, <laughs> inviting me in. i'm just gonna scoff at you right now on our podcast <laughs> you're ridiculous, you're ridiculous. <laughs> you are a ridiculous person um please do yourself out <laughs> but if you're just even even if you're just People who, I mean, I always think it's fun too when people just like dress up to hand out candy, like to yeah. to make it fun for kids that come to your door, turn on any of these suggestions. If you're going to be home watching TV or whatever, waiting for kids to come to your door, might as well watch some freaking Halloween movies, right? Yeah, like, I mean, I'm boring. Yeah, definitely Otherwise, toss something on. 
wear a costume. I will be wearing my costume. I guarantee a very small percentage of the children that come to my front door are going to know who the heck Leela is from Futurama. Um, but maybe their parents will. Maybe their parents will. And my, <laughs> my daughter is in a very, very cute little nibbler costume, and it doesn't even matter. Um, you, will you be holding her as you answer the door? Yeah, obviously. It's got to be a whole look. Patrick has an outfit, too. We're so it's family like right to all the door. three of you have to answer the door. Hopefully yes, you get trick-or-treaters in your neighborhood. Yes. I'm really excited. This is the first year that I'm actually going to get, like, I like live in the suburbs now, so I'll actually get, like, trick-or-treaters. <laughs> I think that's another reason why this year that we're not actually doing a show, like, specifically on Halloween is because I was like, meh, you don't want to do a Halloween show. You want to be at home handing out candy. <laughs> yeah. No, really, it's because Halloween is on a Monday this year, and that just was, like, not, I just. Everyone has to work the next weird. day. We've it's done, uh... Yeah. We've done Halloween shows on Wednesdays before. We like finished, right? Did the Saturday, Sunday show. And then we did one more on Wednesday. We've done that before. And that's like feasible. Thursday's totally doable. But like, it also really sucks. Honestly, Thursdays are the worst days for Halloween because uh, then you can't really do a Friday and a Saturday show after that because for some weird reason, once. October 3rd, November 1st hits, people are done with Halloween. Halloween is over. It's dead to them. This is why they've made a giant miscalculation on Wednesday, Adams, on the Wednesday show. Like, people are just, they, I still up on Halloween, end of September through all of October. But then we roll over. Thanksgiving and then Christmas. I mean, really, it's just Christmas. Thanksgiving is kind of there in the background, but Mariah Carey pops out of the snow November 1st, uh, <laughs> ready to sure greet does. you. Um, so. Yeah, but I was at Walmart today and they were already clearing off of the shelves of all of the Halloween stuff, which is crazy. It's the 22nd. It's, there's quite a few days left until Halloween. This Patrick thought I was crazy when I was like, we got to get to the dollar store, like, as soon as they get the Halloween stuff out, like September, because he thought I was insane. I'm like, nah, man, if you wait until October, all the stuff is gone. Mm-hmm. People have picked it through and they don't refill. They're like, no, it's Christmas now. Yeah, they've had that Christmas stuff up since like the beginning of October. At least like, you know, Walmart mm-hmm. just has it in like a different section across the aisle. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Halloween stuff is looking bare at this point. But I think it's the most egregious in the craft stores is where I find it like I, I think that the idea there Hobby, is them Christians at Hobby Lobby are ready for Christmas. They, they don't are, care they about are very, Halloween. Ready. They are ready for the Lord today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was like, like last weekend. All of their harvest fall stuff was like fifty percent off. <laughs> I know. This year, I feel like there's been an uptick in weird like Thanksgiving decorations. I don't know. I mean, I feel like you usually see like the little cornucopia bull crap and all that, but nobody cares. Let's just be clear. I mean, <laughs> really, can I be expected to decorate my home <laughs> after Halloween? My year of holidays is basically over, and I'm ready to move along. Like I don't <laughs> give a crap about a Thanksgiving or a Christmas. Oh, no. I'm so excited! Halloween is just the start of every exciting holiday in my life. I could do Thanksgiving and then Christmas. Christmas is coming, Larry. And we no. can do a whole episode about all of the amazing Hallmark level <laughs> Christmas films you hate. Oh, Christmas movies. No. I'll I'll talk it's about that. I'll talk about like Krampus and shit. That's what I'll be talking about on our Christmas. Christmas um, horror. Yeah. We, Christmas could, we could probably make that work. Ooh, we have a new one. Have you seen that trailer ran with David Harbour? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my Santa god, Claus. yes, I have. <laughs> 
Killing that people. may be amazing. Also, maybe terrible. I hope it's fun. I hope I'm it's really in a looking sweet forward spot. to it. Because <laughs> that's a hard one. I will say that getting that tone r- just right for a horror Christmas movie is it's a tough one, and not many films do it right. So I'm hopeful because that trailer was really fun. So if the movie it's- can capitalize, if it's horror Christmas, I feel like it's like thriller christmas I mean, maybe he's, he's like it's like people taken i wouldn't consider taken a horror film either he's like brutally murdering these like these santa yeah, Claus. he's a hero it's i it's mean he's the hero the person who's brutally murdering people <laughs> is a villain i mean i guess it's that's right maybe it shouldn't film it's like if he's R-rated. brutally murdering people yeah. and he's the hero it's a gruesome christmas movie that's a, that is a better okay, it's, gruesome. Not, it's not krampus yeah. where like krampus is but coming in to he, kill y'all i i think it might say like um like it's like, like die hard maybe i think that's kind of the like vibe they're going for is like yeah it's that it is actually basically die hard except uh mclean is uh santa <laughs> but that'll be a fun one and i don't know when the next time we'll be back or there are a lot of i mean we're coming up on award season you know how we we do with our award season coming up um of course there is stuff like wakanda forever i just don't know the next time ren will be in a movie theater with a very small baby um pretty good she sleeps a lot but so we'll mm. see but that's that's why this was fun because you know they decided to give us a lot of halloween content that we could watch at home um and the exciting thing about it being in. a mom in 2022 there's a lot of direct streaming happening <laughs> and as she said uh, christmas is the season of television um all of oh, yeah. the christmas movies are just like straight to tv anymore so and mm-hmm. the ones that go to theaters feel as though they probably should have just been straight onto streaming but that's just <laughs> my opinion uh, <laughs> but you're probably not the only one <laughs> that was our review for hocus pocus 2 and marvel's werewolf by night as well as our personal favorites, a lot of our suggestions and thoughts on general Halloween films. We really want to hear what do you all watch every single year? When yeah, let us know. What's your like top suggestions that we film? I want to know. I want to yeah. like watch them. Tell because us if what you we look need up Halloween films on like Google, like every single list is basically the same and they don't have good shit on them half of the time. So I want to know. Not one of those lists has arsenic and old lace on it. And that is a tragedy, in my opinion. So, please seen it, tell me. Ren. I'll have to seek it out. Um, I don't know I have where it in on the DVD world. I'll say I don't know where in the world I can seek it out, but there we go. I have it on DVD. I'll lend it to you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, let us know uh, either on Twitter or if you are watching on YouTube, just down there in the comment section, obviously, or Instagram, all at Cinema Snarks. Ren, where can folks find you? You can't find me anywhere. I am an enigma wrapped in a mystery. I Well, I'm on Twitter, technically. Ren, at Ren Manley. Or you can find me on Instagram, at Poo 13 Or you can follow, obviously, Audacious Theater. This is getting posted with a week left before Halloween. So if you're in the Denver area, you have two more chances to catch the Audacious Halloween show. Yeah, go do something fun and spooky and not like shit your pants scary. (laughs) Get a little bit sinful this year. Called Project 7 Sins. AudaciousTheater.com. 
Perfect. And then you can find me at Chili Boy YT on Twitter and Chili Boy Productions over on Instagram and on YouTube. Until the next time you hear from us once more, thank you for watching and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.